This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Gosh, no uh, more. No more interviews. Up. Stop going on television, please. <laughs> you know what would help is if we all had a boosted immune system. Mm. If we had, if we just had something that was specifically formulated to boost your natural immune system. What could it be? Who could possibly think of a product like that? Well, Stu, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it, it was Dr. Zelensky, Vladimir Zelenko, who came up, he came up with Z-Stack, scientifically formulated. It's kosher. It's GMP certified, produced here in the United States. And you know what it does, Stu? What does it do, Glenn? Well, that's a stupid question. It boosts your immunity. That's what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Boost your immunity now. Get your immune system in a proactive uh, stance and in a natural way. ZStackLife.com slash Beck. Enter the promo code Beck. Get a small discount off your first order. That's ZStackLife.com slash Beck. Promo code Beck. This is NPR. It was tough talk coming from uh, Joe Biden to Putin this weekend. Uh, Joe Biden has just come out and made a statement that if Putin doesn't get out of Ukraine, he's sending Will Smith over just to slap him across. I'm going to give you such a hit. It, it'll sting for a long time. All right. Uh, Chief Investment Officer of the Bleakley Advisory Group expects a recession within the next six months oh that'd be you know i would be happy with just a recession wouldn't you he manages about eight billion dollars in assets uh then there's david rosenberg the current chief economist at rosenberg research previously the chief economy uh, economist at uh, merrill lynch said recession coming as early as summer oh that's great. And Larry Summers just told Fox Business the Fed has set the table for stagflation and a major recession. <laughs> Have you called Goldline yet? You might want to call Goldline right now. You need a hedge against insanity, a hedge against inflation. What they're doing to the dollar now uh, is intentional. They are going to reset this dollar. Uh, and, uh, and that 
That'll be good because then it'll be a programmable digital currency where they could tell you what you can and can't buy and have all of the instantaneous information on you of what you're spending your money on and how much you're making. And then you can they could just take taxes out whenever they wanted or shut your shut your money line down. A drop of a hat be great. Get gold. Call gold line now. 866-GOLDLINE 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com Chris Stewart is with us now. Uh, He is the representative from the state of Utah. Uh, Welcome to the program, Mr. Chris Stewart. How are you? Uh, Glenn, great to be with you as always. I sense a little sarcasm, so I want you to know I'm going to keep my sarcasm in check as best okay. we can during our I time don't together know. this morning. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Chris is the <laughs> author of The Final Fight for Freedom. If you haven't read that book yet, you should. It is the perfect book for people that you're trying to explain what is happening and what is coming um, because it takes you from a fictional scenario that everybody can understand and then he breaks it down and says yeah this is what's really happening uh it's a fantastic book the final fight for freedom so chris uh, a couple of things first let's start with the president uh, this weekend uh everybody's talking about what he said that you know basically somebody should go over and shoot putin maybe we'll do it uh, I mean, that's one that's one way to interpret it. Um, and people are trying to make it look like he's just incompetent. I have another theory. Um, this is what he really feels. He's he also you could blow it off. And I did at first blow off his statement to the troops. And you'll see that soon when you get to when you get to Ukraine uh, and they blew that off as just a, you know, a, a, a gaffe. But then the White House yesterday also came out with a tweet that I found really quite frightening, and that is, we're engaged anew in a great battle for freedom, a battle between democracy and autocracy, between liberty and repression. This battle will not be won in days or months. We need to steel ourselves for the long fight ahead. What the hell's going on, Chris? Yeah, boy, there's a lot to unpack there, Glenn. Uh, You know, to his statement, there's no question that that's the way he feels. I'm talking about Biden saying that, you know, we've got to get get rid of Vladimir Putin. There's no question in my mind, and I think he's made that clear through the last several months, that that's exactly what he would like to see happen. And and I think we need to ask ourselves a couple questions then. First, uh, do you think that Vladimir Putin is stronger now at home than he was three days ago. Oh, lot I stronger. promise you that he is. There's you know, no doubt about it. And and by the way, the irony of us claiming uh, and and you know this five years we went through, where you know Russia was interfering with our own elections, with our own democratic process. How do you think the people in Russia feel now? Uh, I mean, and so they're going to rally around him. It makes him stronger. And the second thing is, do you think this makes it more or less likely that we'll be able to exit? Ukraine without this getting worse, well, because it certainly makes it less likely that that's the outcome when Vladimir Putin feels like he's fighting literally for his life. So, uh, he- Chris, I, I heard th- this morning that Vladimir Putin is saying phase one is over uh, and it looked like a chance for him to, you know, save face and kind of retreat and just take the Dunbar uh, region if that would be acceptable to the Ukrainians, which I doubt. But it 
it looked like he was for the first time not talking about advancing. So are we closer to peace or closer to war after this weekend? Well, I mean, who knows, Glenn? I mean, honestly, I could give you my opinion on that, and I will, but we have to caveat it with the sense that the fog of war is thick. And it's like the great saying, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And that's what we're dealing with here. But whether it's less likely or more likely is unknown. I think it's certainly less likely that we have an exit, uh, provide blood mm-hmm. or with some kind of off-ramp now than it was three days ago. But that has to be our goal. We have to try to set up some framework where he can claim some kind of victory. And whether it's they give up the Damascus region in the east and probably Crimea, and as you said, Zelensky has, been, uh, has indicated he'd be open to that. But the alternative is just a catastrophe. And that is we kill who knows how many Ukrainian people in a proxy war for year after year after year now. It will look like Syria seven, eight, ten years from now. If you engage in a proxy war between Vladimir Putin and the United States and Ukrainians are in the middle of that. And by the way, if you think that Vladimir Putin has to go, well, what about President Xi? Mm-hmm. What about the Mullahs in Iran? What about, uh, you know, North Korea? Where do we draw the line? Well, that, that's, go in and, and compel? that's why it was scary to me that we are we are saying outright this is not a gaffe. This is from you know, the White House and POTUS's uh, Twitter uh, feed, a battle between democracy and autocracy, between liberty and repression. This battle will not be won in days uh, or months either. We need to steel ourselves for the long fight ahead. When you're making it the battle, not for Ukraine, but half the world, and the world is already dividing itself now because of Ukraine, uh, what are we really doing? What are we fighting? Are we preparing well, I, to separate ourselves from half the world? Yeah, Glenn, and then I think at the top of your program, I was listening to you, and I think you laid that out really well and very thoughtfully. And once again, if you make this a battle between freedom and autocracy or freedom and tyranny, then why only the Ukraine? Why only Russia? Once again, why not right. President Xi? If you, want to, if you want to see autocracy, if you want to see repression, go to the Western regions in China, as I've been able to do. And look at millions of Muslim Uyghurs who are in essentially concentration camps. And by the way, building goods that our, our businesses here are more than happy to purchase. Uh, and, and where do you draw the line, including, by the way, Glenn, with some of our allies? Because some of our allies are not pillars of virtue. We align ourselves because we must in order to, you know, enable some type of global security. There are occasions when we have to align ourselves with people that are not democratic governments. Uh, and where do you draw the line? And if he's stealing us for this thing in Ukraine, then I wonder, well, what, well, what else is there? And how do you justify only the Ukraine and only Vladimir Putin? It's nonsense. And how do you? And we surely have learned this over the last 20 years. We cannot compel democracy on nations that it is not in their, in their, within their history. It's not within the people's actual, genuine, sincere interest in the sense that they are more than, in many cases, they're okay with the government and the leadership they have. Let me um, let me switch uh, topics here, because I, I don't know how he defines freedom and repression either, because we have had a growing surveillance state um, in this country for quite some time. And it is terrifying. There is no such thing as just metadata anymore. Everything can be tracked down to the individual person. 
uh, and uh, you have just introduced legislation that is uh, set up to prevent any intelligence agency from spying on American citizens. Don't we already have that law somewhere in the Bill of Rights? Yeah, yeah, we do. And in fact, we have it very explicitly in executive uh, orders and in legislation that's already exists. But here's the deal, Glenn, and I'm going to try to not be sarcastic about this, but I have to make this one point is the U.S. U.S. people do not trust government agencies anymore. Pick one. Who knew that the CDC was political? Well, we learned four or five years ago, the FBI and the DOJ certainly are. And, and the NSA and the CIA, it, you the post office off. is spying on us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is and this is and thank you for bringing this up, Glenn, because this is so important. This administration came to power and they said the greatest threat facing our security is not once again, China or Russia or the mullahs in Iran or North Korea. They said the greatest threat facing our own security is internal. They said it's white supremacy, domestic, violent extremists, DVEs, they call it. Okay, so, well, then they use that justification, which is nonsense, as I think the vast majority of Americans would agree. But then they say, okay, well, the intelligence community, for example, the NSA, the CIA, they cannot collect intelligence. But now, suddenly, under this administration, they can receive intelligence. Well, tell me the difference. What is the difference between collecting intelligence and receiving intelligence? And they then have used that new justification, that new uh, juris, uh, you know, d- description of a word, which I think we would all understand, say, okay, well, now we are going to involve the National Counterterrorism Training Center and the Director of National Intelligence to write reports on domestic extremists, which are, by definition, American citizens. It cannot happen. Well, we are, um, uh, I mean, we found a very convenient way. We spy on England and they spy on us. And I don't even think we need that anymore. I mean, the, the, yeah. the problem is, is the intelligence agencies include almost every agency now. Uh, it's not that hard uh, to do, apparently. And we're working together all around the world. And somebody told me, Chris, I said, when will a president shut this down? And and they said they never, never, yeah. because the excuse yeah. will be everybody else has it. And we can't be the only one that doesn't know what our citizens are doing. Yeah. So, well, I, go ahead. I, I think it's fair to point this out. You know, this type of attitude towards American people, the the incredible abuse of the Department of Justice and FBI that we saw in the Russian hoax, where they're, where they're literally lying to Congress again and again, they're lying to, lying to the FISA courts, etc. That only happened under a Democratic administration. And this new redefinition of words to where they cannot collect, that they can receive. Once again, only a Democrat administration is allowing that. So I don't think we've got, uh, I don't think we've got equal concerns here. It's certainly true the Republican Party, ironically, because this is a bit of a shift. Most of us were viewed as being defense hawks, but now we are the protectors of privacy. It's the ACLU and our Democratic colleagues and others such as them who are saying, uh, you know, they're the ones who are fighting our, our initiatives, our efforts to try to retain privacy and protect civil liberties for Americans. So what would be the punishment for, let's say, Google just happens to say, you know what, we have all this data on people and we just got to get it off our servers. Do you want to take a look at it? What would be the what would be the penalty for any government agency? 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, look, if they are, if the problem has been, is like I said, when we first started the interview, there's already rules, there's already executive orders, there's already legislation, but they don't attribute any penalty to it. It's like, hey, this is a bad idea, but if you do it, uh, we're just going to remind you it's a bad idea, <laughs> and then we're going to move on. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, you know, but there's no penalties attached, so there's no disincentive for it. Uh, and so this legislation would attach a penalty for it. It Which, would attach a penalty to the person, to the individual. So let's just say you um, you were you were involved in any of these, uh, you know, the Russiagate scandals. Uh, what what kind of penalty would you receive? Well, and honestly, Glenn, they're, they're, they're kind of apples and oranges because the Russiagate scandal was just so clear. I mean, there was clear deception. There was clear lying to agencies. There was clear uh, deception to the FISA courts. So it actually already is against the law, as you can imagine, and there are penalties attached to those kinds of behavior. This is a little bit different in the sense of they are actually working under a, what they believe is a new executive authority. And so it clarifies that you don't have that authority. And if you continue to claim that authority, we're going to punish you. We're going to prosecute you for doing that. You can't do it and just say, well, we believe we have the authority to do it. No, we're going to say very definitively, you do not. All right. Uh, do you have time just to hang for a minute? I, I've got a couple of more questions for you. I do. Okay, good. Um, all right, back in one minute. I want to tell you the number one concern that you and your family should have right now uh, is inflation and what's happening to the money. Um, I have uh, I called the the publishers of the Tuttle Twins and I asked them if they would just make this book free. Um, this this book is for your kids and it is a great way to understand inflation and the Federal Reserve, what it does what it all means, what the cure is for it. It is based on the book, The uh, Creature from Jekyll Island, uh, and that's what this is called, The Tuttle Twins and the key, uh, Creature from Jekyll Island. It is a monster. The Fed is a monster. And the more we feed it, the worse it gets and the bigger it gets. And it's about to get the meal of a lifetime. Everybody's accounts. Uh, they have a lot of great books with the Tuttle Twins, but I think this is one that every single family should have right now. So they've agreed to give away this book. Uh, it's all about money and inflation and the Fed. All you pay for is shipping. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. While supplies last, you will get this free book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, you will understand inflation. You will understand how it works, what causes it, and what the, what the Fed really is. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Again, a free book. Just pay for shipping. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So we're back with uh, Congressman uh, Chris Stewart, and his book is The Final Fight for Freedom, which is a must read. Uh, it, it just it encapsulates almost all of the stuff that we are fighting against right now. And that is a wide array. And it's all explained in a very simple, simple way. And it's a little it's a little breathtaking, but it is also written in a way to where it takes you on a story 
and then shows you the facts of that story and tells you exactly what's happening in our government. It's called The Final Fight for Freedom, and you can pick it up at bookstores now. It, it really is a must read. Chris, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the, the maximum mother load of personal information, the programmable digital currency that we're now, quote, studying in Washington. Who is the one that actually authorizes the currency? Is it Congress or is it the Fed or who is it that says you can switch to a digital currency? Yeah, uh, that's actually a great question, Glenn, and I'm not an expert on this. I'll tell you my view, but uh, but it's subject to the, the, this one caveat, and that is regardless of who's authorized, it may not be the actual individual or agencies who end up authorizing a digital currency. But I think that Congress ultimately has oversight on this. Clearly we do, and clearly we authorize this. Now the Fed, as you know, more than certainly more than uh, more than I do, but as you indicate over and over again, the Fed has taken powers into itself, just like the president has over Congress. The Fed has taken powers into itself that are just frightening over the last 80 years and accelerating rapidly. I mean, in a breathtaking pace over the last five to eight years, going back probably to 2008. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's an irony that the one thing people wanted from cryptocurrency was privacy. They wanted to, you know, to have uh, an ability to not be manipulated by Fed policy or by, or by monetary policy. And the creation of a government currency does exactly the opposite. I mean, it, it, it beholdens us in ways to where every, virtually everything we do, including everywhere we go, every, every pur- purchase we make would be monitored, potentially monitored, and if so, you know, if deemed necessary, corrected by federal policy, by federal bureaucrats. It should frighten the life out of people. Uh, okay. Well, Chris, would you look into that for me and see if there's anybody on the Hill that is uh, at least even questioning uh, the Fed? Because oh. I think this is going to come fast and furious. Oh, well, Glenn, there are. I promise you. I, I sat down for probably a little more than an hour with Patrick McHenry, the, who will be the next chairman of financial services uh, just last week on this issue. And, and, and I promise you, he's intensely aware of it. He's intensely concerned as, as we are. He sitting on that committee and being the chairman we pray in 2022 when we take over the House, he will play a key role in trying to, uh, trying to restrict what I think is, is just a horrible, horrible idea from oh. this administration once again. Wow. I am uh, glad to hear that, Chris. Thank you very much. All right. The uh, name of the book is The Final F- uh, Fight for Freedom. Uh, if you want to get into the fight... He's just introduced a new bill to prevent intelligence agencies from spying on American citizens. Uh, You can find all of his information at stewart.house.gov. Get involved. There are no bystanders. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, let me tell you about American Financing. American Financing, if you are uh, looking for even a home improvement or uh, fund a large expense, it may be worth looking at your house. Mortgage rates are still competitive and home values are still on the rise, and that means there's still time for a cash-out refi. 
All you need to do is take a bit of time out of your busy day and call American Financing. They are America's home for home loans, and their custom loans can help you achieve the goals that you have faster. So maybe that is to redo your house uh, or pay for college or whatever it might be, including paying down your high-interest credit cards. American Finance can help you. Get a consolidation loan, a mortgage refi, or a new mortgage. And if you're refining, you could skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. So call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn for your subscription to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. If you go to glennbeck.com, you'll find all kinds of resources for you, especially if you go to the blog and you look for articles. Uh, you're going to find you're going to find uh, all kinds of uh, great, great stories there. One of them is the Great Reset: Advice for Dummies. Meet your neighbors. Uh, this is by Michaela uh, Hedrick, who Michaela is. Uh, new on the staff you've been with us two months no it's about four months i don't know it's a vortex here i know it's weird time (laughs) Time. just goes away doesn't it (laughs) um so michaela has been here and she's one of our uh, writers and she's a millennial and you have set out to try unbeknownst to me to try to do all the things that i urge people to do Yeah, I think that if you believe something, you can't believe it enough just to let it give you anxiety. You have to believe it enough to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I know I was stopping at the anxiety when I first started working here. (laughs) (laughs) I have that effect on everyone, don't I? You Uh, do. Yes. And so I wanted to do something. That is the whole point of why I'm writing these articles is Mm. so that way we can get over the fear and the hopelessness. Mm. The great scholar Yoda said Mm. that fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate and hate leads to suffering. Well, fear comes when we don't know what to do. Sorry. Oh, was that wrong? Leads to suffering. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. That's how he said it. But anyway, go ahead. Much, much better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you're right. And people get trapped in the fear and they don't know what to do. But you have said that I overwhelm you with things to do. Well, you used to. Okay. And now I feel that I, I have to be in control of my own life. I can't let all these things that I can't control freak me out constantly. There are things that I can do and I have to do them. Mm -hmm. I feel that one of the biggest issues is that we all are like, if only somebody would do something on Twitter, we get on and say, if someone else did this, it would all be better. Well, this is a be your own hero moment right now. And I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm young. I feel like the right person to try to be my own hero because I still believe that I can be. Yeah. And so I want to try. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. The despair will kick in eventually. Eventually you just feel like it's not, there's no way to win. Right. In like 20 years, I want to sit here and still be hopeful just as a kick it to everybody who says that. And it's a hard, I know No, no, no. It's, and it's, it's not true. I mean, what you believe now (laughs) is true and it's true now. Just so many people just get so worn down. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And I want to break it down step by step. You talk about being in your local communities. You say in the air a lot. You need to be in a community of people who are like you. Well, most of us don't know who our community is at all. 
We have no clue who lives next to us. And if they're completely crazy, maybe they're completely on board. That's most of us. I did a poll in the office. I said, who here even knows their neighbors? Just sitting in the office. Everyone's like, uh, no, like not really. And then I'm like, who here thinks it'd be a good idea to know their neighbors? They're like, oh yeah, it'd be a great idea to know my neighbors. So there's this kind of gap between what we think and what we do. Yeah. And I'm trying to close that gap and prove that it can be done, that we can live the things that we believe. Because if we just believe them and do nothing about it, that is the recipe for anxiety. That's how you get anxious. And it is crucial that you know your neighbors and that if you are alone, that you don't live there. You can, you have to, or, or you have a a group that you know really, really well that does see the world the same way. Um, you just, you, you, no man is an island. And what's yeah. coming, we're going to need each other. Yeah, I talk about, I grew up in Florida with the hurricanes. And we had a woman across the street who was elderly and she was losing her memory. And during the hurricanes, it'd be really confusing for her because she would have no power and forget why and there'd be these storms going on and all of our neighbors would bring her food and they would come and remind her what's going on and comfort her. And I learned something from that because there's nothing stopping me from being that person one day. And yeah, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you is I not will. just a cute thing to say. It's a fact of life. They talk about it in karma too, that what you do will be done to you. That's and just I, what's going to happen. I had a very similar uh, situation growing up. There was a neighbor who you know, we didn't call it Alzheimer's at the time, but was losing their memory. And I learned a great lesson. You know, if you go over there, you can pretty much take whatever you want and they don't remember it. <laughs> no, wait, that's not. not exactly what I was trying to <laughs> it's a little. I feel like maybe you're missing oh, wait a the point. Oh, that, that wasn't I, the point. Is that okay. what you're getting from this, too? Right. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's, shoot. That's what I got. Wow. Yeah. Okay, maybe just read the article then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so have you met your neighbors? So I just moved to Dallas. And mm. the first thing that I started doing let me start by saying it's not as hard as you would think and you don't have to go out and organize a potluck and become the HOA president. You can just go out and see a cute dog and say hi to the dog and the person at the same time, which is a big step for some people. I joined a Bible study in my neighborhood and that's been really beneficial. I had a woman come up to me on a bike and say hi and we talked for a while. It's not as scary as it sounds, but some people aren't going to want to do that. Some people aren't social types. They don't want to go out and meet their neighbors because maybe 90% of your neighbors are freaks. That might be true. But or, there might be one. I bet like, everyone has one person in their neighborhood that they would actually really like and that your life may be a lot better if you could give that person your keys when you go on a vacation. Your life might be a lot better if you could actually trust and know the people around you. It might just be a teeny tiny bit better and it might be better for them, which makes everything better. So I'm going out and trying to meet my neighbors in the way that I do it, which is something I advise in the article is like, you don't have to be the potluck person. Like I'm not the potluck person. If I try to be the potluck person, you sound like the potluck person. I'm not, mm. fun. I'm yeah, not my does. husband. My husband's the potluck person. He will stand and talk to neighbors for three hours. I'm like, come in. I want to read my book. I'm actually like that when at home, when I get home, I just want to sit at home and read my book. It's a lot to work here. Sometimes I just want to read. <laughs> and so, I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, I, I really, I love it. It's wonderful, but it, uses a lot of my brain space so then i right. go home and i just want to read my book right but i can do things my way when i was where i was living before in florida i joined boards i was on the parks and rec board i Oof. geeked out about that kind of stuff and some people are like oh you were on a parks and rec board okay fine well you don't join the parks and rec board you host the halloween party you do whatever you do or right. you just pet the cute dogs right maybe that's it i i will tell you uh that i think the parks and rec I think uh, any of your local uh, zoning, anything, I've come up against a zoning committee <laughs> and 
I always just thought, oh, zoning committees, just neighbors. No, they're the worst neighbors. They're the ones <laughs> that want to control Wait a everything. Minute, no, they are. They are. That's what that's. It, do you remember my situation in New Canaan, Connecticut? And oh, I went yeah. out, oh, my gosh. They were insane. They hated you. Insane. They did hate me. Yes. They did hate me. I was trying just to build a simple fence. Just I just need a fence. I'll even build it, you know, in extraordinary ways so it matches all of everybody else's fences, um, you know, because they have all these stone fences. Oh, this is from the 1700s. Whatever. They're rocks <laughs> stacked on each other. Anyway. Uh, yeah, there's tyranny sometimes. Yeah. And they said they actually said to me, I said, look, I really need this. It'll look just like the rest of the houses in the neighborhood. I need this for security. My children, you know, we've had security issues. And they actually said, you should have thought of that before you moved here. Mm. Maybe that's a good reason that you should be on the board then. So, that yeah. oh, not I, all... so is it what, oh, what, you're say, what you're saying basically that you should get to know your neighbors so that you can manipulate the local zoning laws? Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. I hope that's what okay, everyone's I think that's what everybody is hearing. Okay. Yeah. I think that's everything. No, I was thinking more along See, the this lines. See, this is why when you're 50, you'll just be like, there's no way to win. Yeah. This whole series is about trying to combat what we hear every day that's coming about the great right. reset. And we talk about localization as the solution to globalization, but most of us aren't involved locally at all. Actually, all we do is tweet about what the federal government does. Yes. That's and very true. That's a big, big problem. And part of the reason we aren't involved is because we don't know them, which means we don't care if we cared, we would know them. And if we know, if we knew them, we would care. And I believe that really firmly. So a lot of us I don't just think don't it's live. because we don't care. I mean, I care about my neighbors, but if you don't do in, anything about it, then that a, care is irrelevant. In a theoretical sort of way. Everyone in theory loves their neighbors. <laughs> right. But when you go, that's why I'm saying I'm trying to build the bridge between who we are and who we say we want to be. And there's a discrepancy. Most of us have a lot of knowledge, but we don't act on it very much. And I'm trying to see if I can level that back out and say, actually, a lot of us don't even need all the knowledge we have if we can't even do anything with it. If it just weighs you down to know all that's coming about the Great Reset, then that's because you're not doing enough. That's not that you should stop listening. It's because maybe you haven't tried enough in your own life to right. try to balance this all out. Well, it is it is a very difficult thing, and and I highly recommend. I mean, in fact, I, I mean, I think this is this should be a priority. If you don't know who your neighbors are, if you don't know, you know, who kind of thinks alike, who's willing to help each other when times get bad. Um, if you don't know that it 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 is going to it won't work to your favor um and you won't be able to help others uh as well and we are going to desperately need each other mm -hmm. in our communities and anything you can do to be in the right community right neighborhood or or start that passion up around people who probably do think like you but they just aren't doing anything about it. It, well, it has to be done at the local level. What's good about this advice is that even if everything doesn't turn to worse, that your life will still be better. This will still be a net positive to know your neighbors and to serve them and to care about your community, even if everything doesn't get worse. That really it depends on what neighbors you meet, right? Well, they could be crazy, they could but be then maybe you annoying. should... 
You could live next well, to Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, I think Dahmer. that right. 90% of your neighbors you might find annoying, and that's okay, because there's 1%. And and I tell this story. I like my neighbors, actually. I love my neighbors, yeah. and and they are crazy sometimes. I tell this story about, you know, you always have the neighbor that is like, oh, is your mower broken? When they know your mower's not broken and you haven't mowed your grass. Oh, like, there's always yeah. that neighbor, oh, yeah. right? But oh, that is geez. also the same neighbor that when a hurricane comes is making sure you have a generator. So it's a good thing you know that neighbor. Sometimes, sometimes they're also like, "Ah, oh, should have bought a steal generator." Your generator the, oh, is your generator not working? I think that people. Are, <laughs> no, I, it's not. Thanks for asking. I have a fundamental belief that most people are good until they prove me wrong, and it takes a lot to prove me wrong. And I, I fundamentally believe that people are even better when they feel that you care about them. I mean, Carol Roth oh, yeah, said yeah. on the show, like, tell your neighbors these things. And I wanted to add, but don't open with that. Like, you've never opened your neighbor, uh, you've never talked to your neighbors. Don't open with the collapse of the West, right? <laughs> that's no, I think that's typical excuse at parties. Yes. Yeah. If you that's, don't- that's why my wife, when we go to parties, she literally will say, don't make anybody cry. Well, there's Honey, a, it's a party. <laughs> what else am I going to do? There's a phrase that says they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's a really wise statement, because if you would like to be affecting your community, they need to know that you care about them. If we were in high school, I would <laughs> never be around her. I would just be like, I would just be like, no, I can't. Do what? Too, you're too optimistic, too happy, too. <laughs> but I'm realistic about this. I think this is a realistic solution. No, I agree. Saying with you. hi to your neighbors is not like something that only fairy tale princesses do. We used to all do it. We all talk about how we want the wonder years of America back. Well, we have to bring them back. Yeah, that's the, our job. Part of that was the picnics in the neighborhood. Part of that was that everybody knew who they were voting for when they voted in their local elections. I will tell you that the the America that I have always wanted to live in, and I think I I don't think I'm alone is the street that my grandparents lived on it was not fancy it was it was just a little farming community and when i say a farm i mean i don't know 10 12 acres 20 acres nobody had a lot um but it was just it was just a community where every single person knew who the other person was on the street and if you saw a car going down the street that you didn't recognize you know, if if you saw that, you you wouldn't necessarily snoop, but you would be on alert if something was happening and you saw a car go into a neighbor's house and you knew they were not there. You would actually go over and go, hey, can I help you? What's going on? And you they I mean, I will tell you, they they st- my grandfather, my uncle and another neighbor stopped a robber. Uh, in a neighbor's house. I mean, they just pinned him to the floor and said, call the cops. And the cops <laughs> got there and the guy was like, please take me, please take me to jail. I mean, it is, <laughs> there is something about the neighborhood when everybody is watching out for each other. Yeah. And it turns out that when you care about things, that makes them more meaningful. And a lot of us wish there was more meaning in this world. Well, that comes from caring about things. And you can care about your street. You can care about your neighbors. And maybe that will make things just a little bit more meaningful. Maybe it won't be the wonder years, but it might be a little better than it is right now. And I think if you're listening now, you know probably why I hired Michaela. And at the same time, why I think, God, I hired this woman. Michaela, thank you so much. You can find her uh, her travels on trying to find the advice that I give and find practical ways to actually do it. Uh, You can find that at glenbeck.com. Just uh, hit blog and uh, and look for her articles. Back in just a second. Thanks, Michaela. 
uh, Rough Greens. The dogs have weighed in, and they all agree. Um, they ask for it by name. Uh, I mean, Stu, is your dog asked for uh, Rough Greens? Rough Greens, yes. Yeah. Uh, does does a good 30-minute testimonial every yeah, time we yeah. bring it out. Mm-hmm. Loves it, loves it. Lots of five-syllable uh, words in the middle of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and your dog will get so excited if they're older, they'll, they'll like look at it and they'll be like, oh my gosh, they'll start weighing their tail, and then yeah. they pee on the floor. That's how you know they love it. <laughs> They'll ask for it not by name, Rough Greens. We have a, a little puppy that we uh, uh, added you to got the family. The puppy. Yes, uh, who the happy pee is is the specialty of this particular oh, dog. Yeah. yeah, you walk, is it, you're like, hey, how are you? And pees right on the ground right immediately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you have to act really bored when you see, when you see her initially until she gets outside. When every time we come home from a vacation or you know for a long time away. Uh, even if it's just like six hours, everybody gets out of the car and everybody's like, "Do not." act excited right. around uno because he'll get he'll say we'll be like hey buddy and he'll just pee all over the floor if you get him outside then show him the love anyway rough greens i don't know why we're talking about this should be talking about not the dog food but the stuff you sprinkle on the dog food that gives them everything they need probiotics antioxidants vitamins minerals mega oils these are just some of the things that your dog needs to live a healthier lifestyle and they're all in rough greens Get a free bag just to try out with your dog. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. to give you a, a first bag free. Just pay for shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. I think the most important thing that we've learned today on today's broadcast podcast is uh, that, uh, you know, the president said this guy can't remain in power and it's either because he believes it or he is so unfit to be in office. He doesn't know what he's saying. And that's really what everybody should be asking today on this subject. Does he mean it? Which means he's a war hawk uh, or uh, is he just an imbecile that doesn't really know what he's saying anymore one of the two gang let's figure that out soon this is the glenn back program